The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the future of marketing, tracking, and attribution. Joining us is Harry Moggins, who is the founder and CEO of Clickagy, which is a data intelligence platform that brings new audience visibility to business intelligence and advertising. Yesterday, Harry and I talked about how the ad tech industry can adopt to a cookie-less world. And today, we're going to talk about the need for privacy-compliant solutions in marketing. Okay. Here's the second part of my conversation with Harry Moggins, founder and CEO of Clickagy. Harry, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we talked about what the reality is of a cookie-less world, that the third-party cookie is going away early in 2020, and we're not going to be able to collect data in the same fashion that we did this year. So the reality is that ad relevancy is likely to go down and there are some solutions that are going to help marketers continue to target the right person. It's just going to be a little more broad. This all came from the notion that consumers need more privacy. And it doesn't seem like that's something that we have to wait until 2021 to accomplish. So talk to me about why there's a need for privacy compliance solutions and, and what are marketers starting to do now as opposed to waiting for a cookie-less world? That's a loaded question. <laughs> we asked the hard ones up front. I love it. So the first part, privacy is growing, right? The last five years, three to five years, it's become a very loud voice in the marketing world. I'm going to fight you on this. Okay. Privacy compliance is becoming a loud voice because privacy has gone away or is going away. The ability to target individual people, for marketers, we've gotten more sophisticated. We know who and why is doing what. So I think our privacy hasn't gone away as much as the surveillance technology has gotten more advanced. Come on. <laughs> no, if privacy didn't go away. We just have more advanced surveillance. That's, that's privacy going away. Sort of. So my point is that the U.S. has been the wild, wild west for privacy. There's never been regulation. There's never been any substantial attempt to rein in, especially digital or online privacy. Other countries have been dabbling with this for many years. The U.S. only recently got into the privacy legislation game in the last year, CCPA. And now a few other states are popping up. But no matter what, it's one of those things, it's a genie out of the bottle. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. 
now that people are aware of the fact that surveillance technology has gotten more advanced, they're aware of the fact they are being tracked. The privacy is being violated by the unscrupulous companies in the industry. Now they're starting to understand what happens and what it means when you click the yes, I accept the terms and conditions box before signing up for a service. You're giving away your data. <laughs> sort of. So that's informed consent, which as uh, part of the law is they're saying, if you want to collect data, you have to get informed consent from the consumers. The industry decided, let's spam I agree buttons all over every website out there. And we got consent. The reality is that people aren't actually understanding what they're clicking when they click I agree. They want to read that article about the actor that grew up and they want to see the pictures, right? It's not informed. So by having an overload of consent gathering, we're effectively negating the efficiency of consent. It defeats the purpose. And I think it's one of those things where it's not sustainable. I think IABEU recently was saying clicking I agree is not valid consent anymore. IABEU. Sorry. Yeah. The European version of IAB. Right. Exactly. Thank you. It took me a second. <laughs> IAB, the advertising standards from Europe. The five-letter acronyms are too much for us here at the MarTech Podcast. <laughs> so because privacy has become such a major issue, there's two paths. There's companies that are trying to circumvent privacy to keep doing what they're doing in a way that maybe fits the letter of the law. They hit the I agree button and you're signing away your firstborn without knowing it. That's not sustainable in my opinion. The companies that are going to be the winners in 2021 are the ones who embrace privacy and say, look, these people don't want to be tracked anymore. They don't want their privacy to be violated. So how can we find effective marketing and positive ROI? I understood with, that one. Hey, three-letter acronym, without violating privacy. And that's really the challenge the industry is facing. So here's a curveball for you. Is the question about privacy or is the question about value exchange? There's the notion that, okay, Facebook is an incredibly valuable company because they have all of this data. The live ramps, click a G, I'll throw you in this group as well, right? Collect all of this data, I'm sure, in a perfectly privacy compliant way. But people are giving away all of this value because they want to see pictures of child idols that grew up and what they look like today. And they don't realize the value of the data that they're giving away. If we start paying consumers for the data, does the privacy concern get rectified? Is it remedied? Somebody saying, look, I got something for the exchange of data, or is it purely, hey, you're tracking me and I just don't want to be tracked? So there's two sides to that. I think the financial argument's fallacious. There's been a lot of conversation over the last few years of you should pay consumers for the data you collect. The reality is a major corporation doesn't care about you. You are a blip on the radar. You are worth such a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a quarter of a penny. Yeah. There's no financial basis to pay a person. The transaction fees would exceed an annual value of the data. Mm -hmm. So it's only valuable to a company when they have hundreds of thousands or millions of people who are in the same boat or same segment. That's the first half. The financial side is it's a scale approach. The other half is privacy violation on a personal level or an ethics level. And that's where I think it gets a lot more touchy because even though the financial value is a fraction of a penny, people don't like that feeling. It's a creepy, invasive, get out of my space, stop following me reaction, a visceral reaction people have. And that's what we need to respect to keep customers happy. It's the George Orwell 1984. It's a brave new world. The government is tracking me. The big corporations are tracking me. People are following me around. And I just want the ability to live my life without somebody monitoring my behaviors, right? Like that's the underlying privacy concern, right? 
Yeah, George Orwell was very elementary in his approach. We've gone so far beyond 1984 at this point. Well, he wrote the book in 1949. So, you know, he was thinking ahead of the game for <laughs> when the book was actually penned. Yeah, I mean, we've been approached for, I can't speak to the details of a lot of it, but we've been approached by governments around the world for helping influence elections through voting, tracking people over cameras, tying it to behavioral data we did not do. It's too invasive. But there's been a lot of shadowy players in the space that are trying to forge deals behind the scenes to go even beyond where we are today. I agree. I think we need legislation. We need to stop this or it's going to keep snowballing. I understand the sort of underlying concern. And then again, we have to balance it with, well, we're marketers. I don't want to track people around the world. I'm not trying to understand. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. who goes to the bathroom when, or who sleeps with who, or whatever. Those are the privacy concerns, right? What people do in their life is totally up to them. As a marketer, I don't care. But I do want to know when you're in market to buy a car if I'm selling a car. And I don't want to have to market to people that are not interested in buying a car. So I want to be able to market one-to-one, right? Like that's the concern. And, and I think it's a better overall experience for consumers if we can accurately target. Sort of. I disagree in a little bit because understanding somebody's in market for a car is not simply a person who's shopping for a car. Data is so good these days. We might track, hey, this person got a promotion a month ago. They're researching more luxury uh, watches. They have a little extra income coming in. They just started researching pregnancy-related things. So we think the guy we're tracking, his wife just got pregnant. And we know he has a sports car ready with two seats. We're going to predict from all this, he's about to be in market for that four-seat sedan, even though he hasn't actually consciously had the thought, I need to trade my car yet. And as a consumer, I'm sitting here saying, how do you know my wife is pregnant? And as a marketer, I'm sitting here saying, you're going to be excited when I present you the best car possible that you didn't know that you needed. So when you realize you need it, you already know where to go to get it. I can do better. We have a, a client of ours sells refrigerators. 
they came to us trying to find people who are in market to buy fridges. And after a couple of beers and some whiteboarding, we, our team had a clever idea saying, why don't we take all the competitor fridges, research the error codes that show up on the screen that are expensive repairs, like the main board died, and it's more expensive to repair than to replace. We built a formula targeting people who we see researching those error codes across the internet. So what happens is our client now positions the ad of their fridge to people who are researching that error code. So the person's reading the article trying to understand, how do I fix my fridge? And there's an ad there targeting them five seconds before they're about to realize they're in market. They're like, oh, I need a new fridge. And there's an ad already on the screen for a new fridge. That's pretty cool. That's pretty brilliant. So there is a need for privacy compliant solutions, and there is value out of this advanced targeting. Obviously, as a marketing show, I'm biased. I'm leaning towards the marketers. I like the idea of, and it makes good business sense to be able to target customers when they have needs, maybe not however we're finding it, but through ethical ways of finding it. Where's the line in the sand? What's the way that we find privacy compliant solutions? And what do people want? And what should we be doing? I don't think they have to be at odds. Just because you're a marketer trying to get results doesn't mean you have to forgo privacy. You have to violate privacy. That's why we built privacy clusters, the cookie-less technology, because it protects individual privacy, but it gives the same efficiency as a cookie-based behavioral targeting. It's literally the best of both worlds. And it's just two main advantages. The first advantage is today it allows marketers to reach the 50% of devices roughly there are no cookies on, like Safari and Firefox, Apple devices. You can't target those with behavioral data today. With privacy clusters, you can. So it doubles your addressable market today while also future-proofing the campaigns where in 2021, when cookies do fully die and there's no other option, all the data effort we're doing today with our clients are still going to be valid. There's nothing that's going to change when cookies die because we don't use cookies, but we still have all the behavioral data to drive successful campaigns. Harry, I'm going to use another literal reference. It's a brave new world. We're heading towards a cookie-less future the notion of being privacy compliant and finding privacy-friendly marketing solutions is something that marketers should be thinking about now and not waiting until they get caught with their pants down next year when all of a sudden their third-party cookie data goes away. Last question for you, I guess, you know, here's a chance to tell us a little bit about Clickagy. I know that you're doing a privacy compliant solution. Where can marketers find more information about what you're doing and about your products and services? So Clickagy is the company. We do the behavioral data. Privacy Clusters is our cookie solution. All of our data works on privacy clusters. It allows targeting across every single device, including Apple and the untargetable, quote unquote, in every single country under every single legislation. It's GDPR compliant, CCPA compliant, Australian Privacy Act compliant. It's every jurisdiction that's compliant while still having 100% penetration. We are the only technology in the world where you can retarget an iPhone, as an example of a browser in the previously cookie world. It's accessibleprivacyclusters.com, plural, privacyclusters.com or clickagy.com or find me, shout at me on the street, doesn't matter. I'm easy to reach. And our, our team is very proud of what we built. It's we're, we've landed a bunch of really big Fortune 500 type deals or large agencies in just the last few months. I mean, it's one of the only viable privacy compliant data targeting solutions out there today. Okay. Harry, thanks for coming on the show, telling us about a cookie-less world, about privacy, and for busting my chops a little. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Harry Moggins, founder and CEO of Clickagy, for joining us. 
If you'd like to get in touch with Harry, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is hmagans, H-M-A-U-G-A-N-S. If you're interested in finding out more information about privacy clusters, you can go to privacyclusters.com. Or you can visit his company's website, which is clickagee.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests, and you can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-A. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.